What do you know about Ezekiel the prophet, the person? This is one of the few books of the Bible that doesn't take place in Israel. So where does it take place? And are there any connections between Ezekiel and Jesus? Find all that out today on the Cross References Podcast. To the Cross References Podcast, where you learn how every small piece of the Bible tells one big story, and most importantly, how they all connect to the cross and Christ. Whether you're a newbie Christian or a veteran Bible reader, our goal is that God's Word will make more sense to you after every episode. So one thing I'd like to do throughout this podcast is explore a book of the Bible. I want to take it nice and slow and not rush it, and I'd like to pick a book that there's not a million resources for already. I mean, There's already a million resources for every book of the Bible, but some of the most obvious ones are the ones like John or Romans, Revelation, Genesis. Well, I'd rather do something that's a bit more unique for Bible readers who are already familiar with the basics and would like to explore something new. So I picked Ezekiel. Why? Well, this book is weird. And weird is interesting to me. Ezekiel is going to make us ask again and again, Why is this in the Bible? And that's a question I want to answer each time we explore this book. Why is this in the Bible? Ezekiel is 48 chapters. Now, I find a lot of variety in the chapters, but if you read them all in a row, it can start to feel repetitive. Judgment, doom, and gloom. Turn the page. Judgment, doom, and gloom. Turn the page. Judgment, doom, and gloom. So, Yes, it has a lot to deal with God's judgment on Israel and on other nations. However, while it might seem like a repetitive subject to us, I don't believe that God wastes any words. So I want to keep going back to this question of what is God telling us specifically in this chapter that he doesn't tell us in other places? You know, like we come to Ezekiel 19. Oh, you think Ezekiel 19 is too similar to the past five chapters? Well, what would our Bible be missing if Ezekiel 19 wasn't there. You see, I want to dig into these chapters slowly and answer those kind of questions. Because like I said, I think everything God put into the Word is there for a reason. I don't think he wasted any words. I don't think there's any extra chapters. Everything is there because it has something unique to teach us. And our Bible would be missing something important if it wasn't there. So my goals for these Bible studies, I have maybe four main goals as we go through them. Number one, I want to pick apart the passage verse by verse. That's what we'll do every time. And also what we're going to do every time, number two, look for cross-references. Cross-references, as, as you've probably seen a, a cross-reference Bible, it, it shows you in the margins the connections between each verse of the Bible and other places in the Bible where it's quoted or alluded to or has some kind of parallel. It can be very handy if you're doing verse-by-verse Bible study, which is what we're going to be doing here. So anytime something is significant or important in a way it connects to another part of the Bible, that's what we're going to look at. That's one of the reasons I call this Bible study program cross-references. You know, here's the other reason I call it cross-references. Number three, we're going to look for connections to Jesus. Because I think everything in the Bible in some way connects back to Jesus and his cross. That's another reason we call this cross-references. I don't know if you figured that out yet, but, (laughs) but there you go. And then number four, what we're going to do on each of these, well, actually, maybe not always, 
But what I would like to do sometimes is give you a personal application from the passage. I'm only going to do personal applications if it really applies in that way. See, these are not sermons, so I'm not always going to get on here and just push you to make some kind of life change. My goal here is mainly to help you get to know your Bible better. If there's some way we can connect a personal application in, I will mention that, but I won't probably always force myself to do that because that's not the main point of this podcast. My main point is I want to help you know your Bible better. So every time what we're going to do on these Bible study podcasts, we're going to pick apart the passage verse by verse, do a cross-reference check, and also look for connections to Jesus. And if applicable, we'll do some personal applications. One thing I'm going to avoid doing, I want to avoid giving you six different theories about what every passage means. The reason is because that gets really tiresome, and I want to respect your time. And there's some Bible study podcasts out there that, I mean, they're great. They're good, good Bible teachers and all that, but they take every passage that they teach on and they want to give like five or six different interpretations. They'll even give you some of the most outlandish, crazy sounding interpretations of a passage just so that they can be comprehensive. I'm not going to be comprehensive in that way because I don't, I don't think these necessarily need to take, that would, that would make them take twice as long as they need to. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to try not to necessarily try to be short, but I'm going to try to cut out a lot of the extra stuff that I don't think you need to know. What I'm going to try to do is read as many views as I can personally. I'm going to figure out which one makes the most sense to me, and then I'll share that with you. And if I'm not sure, I'll, I'll say I'm not sure, but I just want to know the point of any given passage. I want you to know the point. And so I'm going to try to tell you exactly that and waste as little of your time as I can getting there. All right, well, without any further ado, let's get into today's verses. So to start off, we're just going to look at the first three verses of the book of Ezekiel. So Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1, followed by verses 2 and 3. That's it for today. I'll go ahead and read them to you. In the 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the exiles by the Chibar Canal, the heavens were open, and I saw visions of God. That is the opening verse of the book of Ezekiel. And then here's verse 2. It says, On the fifth day of the month, it was the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiachin, the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the Chibar Canal. And the hand of the Lord was upon him there. So one of the first things that you want to establish when you're studying a book of the Bible is the setting, the time and place. We're going to do that today, and what I'm actually going to do, I want to start with verses 2 and 3, and then I'll finish later by circling back to verse 1. So Ezekiel takes place at the time of something Israel went through called the Babylonian captivity. Now, if you don't know about the Babylonian captivity, I need to explain a bit about it because this, this was a massive event in the Old Testament. You know, I think more books circle around this event than any other event. I mean, more, more, there's more books about the Babylonian captivity than there is about King David. There's more books about the Babylonian captivity than there is about the exodus from Egypt. You know, the exodus where the waters split and all that. That was a major event. It's talked about several times in the Bible. You really just have it showing up in one book giving you the the whole story of that. Well, the Babylonian captivity has several books centered around this major event of the Bible. So it's obviously something very emphasized by God 
in the Old Testament. And I find a lot of Christians have no idea what the Babylonian captivity even is. There's a whole lot of your Bible you're not going to understand if you don't know about the Babylonian captivity. Several books prophesy that it was coming. There's a few different books that talk about what happened whenever it, whenever it went on, the event itself. And then there's even a few books at the end of the Old Testament that are dealing with the ramifications of the Babylonian captivity. Major, major event in the Bible. You have to understand it. So let me go ahead and explain it to you if you don't know. Um, or refresh you if you kind of do know. But I want to I give you an overview of what happened when Israel went through the Babylonian captivity. So as you know, Israel established itself as a nation after it left Egypt and when it entered the Promised Land. Well, after several hundred years of operating as a nation, it declined in its morality over time. It declined in its commitment to God. And so therefore... God allowed the Israelites to be taken over. He allowed them to almost be wiped out completely by a couple of enemy nations. First it was the Assyrians, and then the Babylonians came through. So first, like I said, the Assyrians swiped through Israel. They went through basically the northern part of Israel. This was around the year 700 BC. Um, and then about 100 years later, the Babylonians came through, and they wiped out the rest of Israel. Now that's a big oversimplification of the whole warfare thing, but that was a general overview of what happened. First, the Assyrians came through the northern part of Israel, then Babylon came through and finished off the rest. And this is depicted in the last chapters of 2 Kings. It's also depicted at the end of 2 Chronicles. It's warned about before it came, it was warned about by various prophets like Habakkuk, Joel, Amos, Hosea, Isaiah, Jeremiah. Other Bible characters lived through this, like Ezekiel, who we're going to introduce introduce today, as well as Daniel. And then there's some books that are about Israel recovering from the Babylonian captivity and exile. Those books are Ezra, Nehemiah, Haggai, and Zechariah. So as you can see, there's a lot of books of the Bible that deal with this issue of the Babylonian captivity. There's a lot of the Old Testament you're not going to understand contextually, if you don't know about the Israelites' exile to Babylon, especially Ezekiel, who lived right in the middle of it. So we always think of the Old Testament as taking place in Israel. The book of Ezekiel actually does not. He's been kidnapped away from Israel. He's living at a place called the Chebar Canal. I might not be saying that right. I'm just kind of telling you it looks like Chebar <laughs> in the, in the uh, English Standard Version, which is what I'm using today. So just to set the stage, Nebuchadnezzar, he's the king of Babylon. His capital is located in Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq. Nebuchadnezzar was at war with Assyria and Egypt, and he is trying to beat them down. And so as he's going through some warfare with them, he passed near the Jews at Israel. And he, I, he just kind of spies them out and sees them from afar, and he's like, those people are pretty interesting to me. He, he wanted to know more about who these Jews were, what, what is it about this God that they worshipped. So what he did was he kidnapped some of them, and he took them home to Babylon. This is known as his first attack. It was a kidnapping. This is when Daniel and his friends were taken away to Babylon. It would have been about 605 BC. So that was the first attack of Babylon against Israel, really a, a kidnapping. This is when Daniel was taken. About 10 years later, Nebuchadnezzar launched another attack against Israel, a bigger one. This time he took 10,000 Jews captive. This was the second attack. Ezekiel was part of this group. 
And there's going to be three attacks total of Babylon against Israel. Uh, again, what was left of Israel after the Assyrians had already came through uh, a century before. So three attacks. The first one, Daniel was taken. In the second attack, Ezekiel was taken. Then, in 586 BC, Nebuchadnezzar had his last attack on Jerusalem, where he completely wiped out the remaining Jews. As we're going to see in a few chapters, he killed one-third of the Jews that were left. He enslaved another third. And then the final third escaped away. And also, the temple, uh, the temple was desecrated. The holy things of God were stolen. So it was a really bad deal. That third and final attack was, you know, the worst one. With Ezekiel, what we're going to do, we're going to focus on the period after the second attack by Nebuchadnezzar. And Ezekiel is going to cover about 21 or 22 years. So he's going to take us through the third attack. And at the end, he's going to prophesy some, some future hope about the restoration of Israel and also the future restoration of the world at the second coming of Christ. He ties all that together. But I've just said all that so far. So, so just to say, all that to say, as far as the place of Ezekiel goes, he is writing this stuff down, at least at the beginning. He's writing his book between the second attack on Israel and the third attack on Israel. And Ezekiel personally has been kidnapped away. He's been taken to this place called the Chibar Canal. It's up the river a bit from Babylon, uh, the river being the Euphrates River, if you look at a map. The canal connected to the river. And I'll mention this. I was I was hoping to do a video component of these podcasts and put it up on YouTube. I do not have the technological capability to do that just yet. I had hoped to by the time I launched, but I was just not, I was testing my equipment and I was just not quite there yet. I hope to do that someday. But um, it was delaying the launch of this whole podcast as a whole. So I decided to go ahead and, and get it started audio only, which means for now, I'm going to try to be audio friendly. I would love to throw up some maps right now. If I had a video I could show you, I would love to throw up some maps and show you what some of these things I'm talking about today look like. But you could just have to look it up on your own. You'll be able to follow along just fine, even if you're listening to this while you're doing the dishes or driving through town, working out, you know, whatever you like to do while you listen. I'll try to be audio friendly. But if I was doing this podcast with a video form, this is where I'd show you an image of something called a tell. A tell is a large hill with kind of a flat top, and this flat top is large enough and flat enough that you could fit a city or maybe a small town on. That's where Ezekiel lives uh, in the, in this book. He's living on a tell. So like I said, I can't show you what a tell looks like in an audio podcast. You can Google it if you want to see what a tell looked like. If you need me to spell that for you, it's G-O-O-G-L-E. And if you want me to spell tell, it's spelled T-E-L-L. -L. Like if someone were to say, I want to tell you a story. If you Google the words tell archaeology, or if you Google tell formation, you can get a picture of what a tell looked like. Um, the Chibar Canal, that's where Ezekiel is writing from, it's located at a tell. The city that was on this tell is called Tel Abib. It's called Tel Abib because it's a city located up on the hill called a tell. And this mountain formation of why they'd put a city on a till is protected from flooding. Flooding's common at this part of the world. So um, this city would be protected in the flooding times of like the flood seasons. When the Jews were kidnapped and they were marched off to live at Tel Abib, Jeremiah actually sent them a letter. You can read this in Jeremiah 29. He told them to dig in, get married, build houses, told them to plan to stay for a while. 
this is actually where Ezekiel, he might have received this letter. This is where Ezekiel is going to live. This is where he's going to give his prophecies in the chapters ahead. So let's talk about timing a little bit. We're given two different ways to date the timing of the opening of Ezekiel's book. Now, one piece of information uh, is given in verse 1, and then there's another piece of timing information given in verse 2. I want to come back to verse 1 later, but I just want to say something about verse 2 because it's kind of funny. Verse 2 says that Ezekiel prophesied in the fifth year of King Jehoiachin's reign. Now, there's people smarter than me who they've actually traced this back to an exact day that Ezekiel would have been writing this down. It would have been July 31st in 593 BC. Now, what's a little bit strange about this? If you read about King Jehoiachin in like 2 Kings 24.8 or 2 Chronicles 36.9, you're going to see that Jehoiachin only reigns for three years. And yet Ezekiel dates his prophecy. He says it's part of the fifth year of King Jehoiachin's reign. So is that a contradiction? Well, actually, it's a consistency on Ezekiel's part. Because the successor to King Jehoiachin was King Zedekiah, but you're going to see throughout Ezekiel's book, he will not acknowledge Zedekiah as king. He just won't do it. Have you ever seen someone who doesn't like it, like when an election doesn't go the way they want, and they'll say, you'll see sometimes hashtag not my president. Now, frankly, I always found that kind of immature when people act like that. They'll say hashtag not my president. Well, Ezekiel is totally one of those people. He, he would be hashtagging not my king or maybe not thy king. He will not acknowledge that Zedekiah has been made king. So as far as Ezekiel is concerned, Jehoiachin is still king and we're just in his fifth year and no one else has been made king yet. <laughs> as far as he's concerned, that is the reality on the ground. Now let's finally talk about verse 1. There's another way this book is dated that sounds contradictory. It actually syncs up with verse 2, but it sounds contradictory at first. Now before I do that, let me time travel with you back to 2013 for a few minutes. I just want to tell you about the first book of the Bible that I ever did a slow in-depth study of, and that was the book of Galatians. If you aren't super familiar with Galatians, I just want to tell you something I learned when I studied Galatians. When Paul wrote that letter, he was pretty irritated with the people of the Galatians, and he just comes at them really strong. Now, since I hadn't really studied other letters of Paul, I just kind of assumed that he always wrote angry letters. You know, it made sense to me. I, I'm not usually bothered to write a product review or like a rating on something like a podcast unless it made me mad for some reason. So it would make sense to think that Paul only wrote letters to churches when they did something to tick him off. That just made sense to me. Well, come to find out, Galatians is actually pretty unique in that regard. On the other letters that Paul wrote, he was actually, he was actually usually in a pretty chummy mood. Because if I just studied Galatians and not studied the other books, I would have had the wrong impression about Paul's attitude. So I say all that just to say this. I think where we should point out when we're studying the book of Ezekiel, as far as how it opens up, it opens up differently than the other prophets do. Kind of like how Galatians opens differently, a lot angrier than other letters of Paul would open up. Ezekiel, as, as far as among the prophets, Ezekiel opens differently 
than the other prophets do. Generally speaking, a prophet opens their book by talking about the various kings that they prophesied under. If you go to Isaiah 1.1, it says the vision of Isaiah, the son of, A the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. So Isaiah opens up by telling you what kings he prophesied under. That's how generally the prophets do. Hosea 1.1, the word of the Lord that came to Hosea, the son of Beeri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. And then Amos 1.1, the words of Amos, who was among the shepherds of Tekoa, which he saw concerning Israel in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, two years before the earthquake. So anyway, I just point all this out just to say, I want you to appreciate how Ezekiel opens his book up a bit differently than the other prophets do, kind of in a mysterious way. I'm going to read Ezekiel's opening for you again. Here's how Ezekiel begins his book. In the 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the exiles by the Chibar Canal, the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. So at first, it seems like it must be obvious what Ezekiel is talking about when he says the 30th year. Ezekiel is one of the most chronological books of the whole Bible. It lays out repeatedly a specific timeline of when Ezekiel was giving these prophecies throughout the book, and it just kind of follows along chronologically. You know, we could do this in a lot of places. If we just flipped ahead to Ezekiel 24, it says at the start of that chapter, in the ninth year, in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me. And then it goes on from there. So Ezekiel is repeatedly dating his prophecies in a very specific way. And the whole book is laid out in a chronological order, much more so than about any other book of the Bible. So like I said, you could go through this book chronologically, first to last, except for this one exception, and that's the first chapter. The first chapter begins in the 30th year. Well, chronologically speaking, that would place it as the last chapter of the book chronologically if we take this chapter to be on the same timeline as everything else. So, is this the one chapter that's out of order? Well, that would be strange if it was, because this is a significant chapter. This is the commissioning section of the book. This is when Ezekiel is called to be a prophet. So why would he not be called into prophecy ministry until after he's had 47 chapters of prophecies elsewhere? That seems a little bit late to me. So what most commentators think, and actually what I agree, this chapter is chronological, but the 30th year here is referring to Ezekiel's age. It's not referring to the same timeline like the rest of his prophecies. It's talking here about Ezekiel's age, that he's a 30-year-old. The pushback against this view is that no other date is given from the standpoint of Ezekiel's personal age, so why would this one be different? And I think that's a reasonable question, but also I think there's a reasonable answer. The other dates in all the other chapters, those are given in reference to what's going on in the nation of Israel. Like, like I mentioned earlier in that reference from uh, chapter 24, you know, he gave that very specific dating of the prophecy. And then he said, Son of man, write down the name of this day, this very day. The king of Babylon has laid siege to Jerusalem this very day. You know, he's giving the timeline in reference to what's going on in Israel. It's talking about what was happening when Babylon laid siege to Jerusalem. Okay, but, but chapter 1 is not about that. Chapter 1 is about Ezekiel's personal call. He has a personal vision of God. 
So it makes more sense than anything else that this is talking, therefore, about his personal age. Like I told you up front, I'm not, I'm not going to go through six different theories of what the opening date means. It seems mostly agreed upon by the sources that I studied, and it makes sense to me. This is talking about Ezekiel's age, that he was about 30 when this began. Now, here's what I find exciting about Ezekiel's age being 30 when he began his ministry. He was the same age that Jesus was when Jesus began his ministry. That's a cool parallel. You can, you can find that out in Luke 3.23. So this got me thinking. Are there any other parallels between Jesus and Ezekiel? Because actually, as you read the Old Testament, there are certain characters. Um, I, don't, I don't like to call them characters a lot because they were real people. There's certain characters in the Old Testament who contain a lot of parallels to Jesus. People like Joseph, people like Moses. I'll probably do podcasts about them someday. Those characters have tons and tons of parallels with their life and Jesus's life. You know, if, if Ezekiel had just one, just one parallel between him and Jesus, that would probably just be then a coincidence to us that didn't really mean very much. But I researched it a bit. Are there, are there other parallels between Jesus and Ezekiel? Well, actually, there's several. So here's another one that relates to their age. According to Numbers 4.3, the age that a priest began his ministry was the age of 30. They are priests from ages 30 through 50. Ezekiel himself happens to be a priest. And in the year that um, his priestly ministry was to begin, he has this vision of God where God commissions him to be a great prophet. And this is a little bit like Jesus, who also began his ministry in the 30th year of his life. And Jesus is called our great high priest. You, you read that in the book of Hebrews, I think chapter 4. He's called our great high priest. Now here's one interesting note. Ezekiel has been training to be a priest probably for several years now. And so right as he's getting near the age where he's supposed to begin his priesthood, if you just want to think about this from his perspective, right as he's about to begin his priesthood soon, he's kidnapped, taken away to Babylon. He's probably in a state of feeling like he's lost his whole purpose in life. The priest needs you know, a tabernacle or a temple to do his work that he's been training preparing his whole life for. And now he's been taken away from that. So he's probably feeling just a state of like he's lost his purpose in life. And then amazingly, God calls him to be a prophet. And now he's going to have a much greater impact on the Jews as a prophet than he ever would have as a priest. Now I just find it cool that God took someone who's probably feeling more useless than ever and slapped a greater calling on him than anyone could have imagined. Here's another parallel. Ezekiel was told to bear the sin of his people. And we're going to look at that in a few chapters, um, that Ezekiel is told to bear the sin of his people. Now, that obviously parallels Jesus because Jesus was told uh, he did bear the sin of all mankind. Jesus bore the sin of all mankind. Here's another one. Both Ezekiel and Jesus raised the dead. Now, I know that's not totally unique just to those two people, but there's not a whole lot of people in the Bible who do this. I want to mention also, I found this book. Uh, it's by Brian Neal Peterson. I'm not really familiar with that author at all, but the title of the book caught my eye, so I got it on Kindle. The, the book is called John's Use of Ezekiel. 
And I want to read just a quote here from, from this book by Brian Nell Peterson. It said, Ezekiel was a prophet and a priest whose ministry was marked by signs, visions, and metaphors. At the end of that ministry, few believed his message. Similarly, Jesus was the prophet and priest par excellence whose ministry John highlighted by signs and metaphors. At the end of Jesus' ministry, few believed his message. So I just thought that was a cool quote from that book. Again, it's called John's Use of Ezekiel. And just another little parallel there from Jesus and Ezekiel. Here's another one. I really like this one. God's nickname for Ezekiel is Son of Man. Now that's, a, that's probably a familiar phrase to you. Um, out of the whole Old Testament, the phrase Son of Man is used at least 90 times. One of those times it refers to Daniel. Most of the other times, it's it's talking about Ezekiel, actually. But what you probably recognize it from is the phrase Son of Man as referring to Jesus in the New Testament. He refers to him himself as that at least 80 times in the Gospels alone. And where did Jesus get that terminology from? Probably from the book of Ezekiel. How Ezekiel was referred to by God throughout that book. And it was a name that Jesus used for himself. So we're going to stop there for today. <laughs> How did you like three verses at a time? Well, it won't always be this slow of a crawl through Ezekiel. Um, I'd like to do closer to covering a whole chapter of the book if I can per lesson. But listen, I will definitely not rush through this book if something catches my eye and if I think it warrants more attention. We're going to take this nice and slow and make sure we uncover every rock. So today... I just wanted you to meet Ezekiel. Th these opening chapters, they're going to be very personal about him. And I absolutely cannot wait to share more with you from this book. It has a lot to say to you and me about our world today. And I felt it was important, though, to do an introduction to this book and to this person before we jump into the meat of the book. That's why we're stopping at verse 3 before we get into verse 4. Verse 4 is going to put us on a roller coaster that keeps going all the way through the end of this chapter. That's where we're going to be whenever we re revisit Ezekiel in episode 5. If you have any question about something in regards to this podcast, shoot us an email to crossreferencespodcast at gmail.com. I'd be glad to try to respond in a future podcast episode. If you, if you think of a question that you want to ask, um, you can send it in, and we can touch on those things as we go forward. Also, let me ask you this. Do you like fake news? Well, if you do... You definitely don't want to check out my other podcast. It's called Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast. On that weekly show, we look at the past week of stories through kind of a meta-narrative of how the media covered those stories. And it's a lot of fun. It's more focused on current events. So if you don't like hearing about fake news, then you definitely don't want to come listen to it. But if you like laughing at fake news, come join the fun with us. We have new episodes of that each Friday. And as we go today, thanks for your time. Um, my next podcast that we do, episode four of Cross References, it's probably going to be a bit more of a primer on Bible prophecy. And then after that, for our fifth episode, we'll be right back here in Ezekiel. And we'll study the rest of chapter one. And that's probably going to be the pattern for this show. Each week, we're going to alternate between studies on Ezekiel and studies on random Bible topics. So on weeks where we study a random topic, I'm going to call that 30-minute theology. And it's because that's where we take one random subject or issue and we break it down and explain it, hopefully in 30 minutes or less. And that's what we did the past couple of weeks with lessons on the angel of the Lord and on the Nazarite vow. And that's what I'll do again next time with what I'm going to call the Bible Prophecy Starter Pack. It's five things you need to know 
if you want to study Bible prophecy. Look for that to come out next week on Monday. On weeks where we study Ezekiel, we'll just pick up from wherever we left off the previous time. And again, I don't know how long these lessons are going to last. I don't know how long it's going to take to get through all of Ezekiel. I want to try to respect God's Word and just let it take however long it takes without rushing through it. Because God's Word is worth taking the time to study slowly and carefully, especially this amazing book. Thanks for listening today to the Cross References Podcast. This has been Luke Taylor reminding you, don't just leave a podcast review because something made you mad. Actually, be better than me. Go, Go leave a nice, sweet review. Prove that you can be a better person than the Bible teacher.